0: Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Boddy. This is episode 14, Jean Johnstone, The Artistry of Social Equity Act 2, recorded September 15th, 2018 in New York City.
1: Ooh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. I'm so damn tired of
2: Let's start it up now. So, I was talking about um, Martin Luther King weekend and all the happenings. Um, I'm still, again, I'm still formulating some of my thoughts, but I read a column uh, in the New York Times by David Brooks. He's been a columnist for the Times, an opinion columnist for the Times since 2003. He wrote an article called Students Learn from People They Love, Putting Relationship Quality at the Center of Education. I'm going to read a few a few quotes that uh, this article really resonated with me, and I think it's a lot. If you haven't read it, please, please find it and read it. Um, um, uh, what I'm excited about is I think that this article um, just sort of scratches the surface about of what we in arts and arts education talk about all the time i know i've talked about it here i've talked about it with my colleagues at the new vic and um in other places but i wanted what i'm excited about is that you know the new york times along with other publications is popular news um and well read and so i think um the fact that David Brooks is bringing this sort of to this new stratosphere is, is extremely exciting and we can take it further, but let me read a, a quote here. So uh, quote: uh, a defining question for any school or company is what is the quality of emotion of the emotional relationships here? And yet think about your own school or organization. Do you have a metric for measuring relationship quality? Do you have teams reviewing relationship quality? Do you have where relationships are good and where they are bad? How many recent reform trends have been about relationship building? And it goes on to say, when you start thinking this way, it opens up the wide possibilities for change. How would you design a school if you wanted to put relationship quality at the core? Come to think of it, how would you design a Congress? End quote. Now, as I said, this article resonates deeply with me. Um, but, I, you know, it strikes something that, like, we have a, a, an education, a relationship building um, education, pedagogy, and social and emotional learning. Um, so that's been happening um, in the school level, at least, you know, in my in opinion. My world, and I don't really fully understand it on a on a national scale, but um, you know, as, as I, re- I read it, and I was like, yes, 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 and now I'm reading it again, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, but there is something to be said about how can we make this approach more prevalent, and how, what would be the ripples of effect around that, and how would we um, our organizations, our industries, um, our government shift if we were putting relationships at the center and not in this sort of capitalistic point of view on a governmental level, but actually about building um, an understanding of others, building empathy, for example. Um, and the idea of if I care for you or I care about you, I'm going to want to at least listen and maybe I can think about what, what is happening that um affects you can be something that i understand um as opposed to what can i get out of you or how do i bypass you to get to what i want this is a big statement i think um and it also resonates because uh i'm starting to ha- have these conversations around how we can build more arts practices in government and find the intersection not just between arts and politics in terms of like uh Uh, resistance and persistence, but actually embedding um, arts practices and relationship, this idea of relationship building inside of government um, and its inner workings. So, you know, take a read. See what you think. Um, This is change. I'm thinking about... (laughs) I went to the New York City Arts and Education Roundtable. Each year holds a day of learning, which is uh, generally f- um, organized by their diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. And um, f- this year, the focus was on you know, sort of being the change from within. And that concept is something that I am trying to practice and not get, you know, too heady um and to um i don't know what the right word is but just trying to m- make small steps small achievable steps to make an effect some sort of change um within my own organization within my own life within the courses that i teach and the, the um, graduate students that i'm working with um how can i affect change and this concept of relationship building at the core of it is very exciting to me. So, the other thing I'm very excited about is, in um, in our interview, in our conversation, Jean really was. Uh, it, it was my opportunity to get to know Jean better. I haven't really spent a great deal of time with her um, over the years that I've known her, um, but um, it was fun. It was fun to sit on that roof and just chat and get to know her, and then we had lunch after. But in this act. Uh, She shares more about her career, and she explains the many digital and innovative resources offered by TAG for Artists. Uh, Really, it's been a pleasure. I can't wait for 2019 to continue to unfold, and thank you for listening. Here is Jean Johnstone, The Artistry of Social Equity, Act 2. When the group had decided, okay, if we, if we sort of formalize what the staffing structure looks like for teaching our skills, what were then the, 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 the were there new missions that were developed or what was the, the driving force in terms of moving forward to where it is now?
3: I think what propelled us forward was a stronger infrastructure. Um, and uh, kind of the ability to make decisions quickly and pivot and um, uh, implement ideas. Um, Prior to that, um, you've got five to eight people uh, who meet, however often they meet, having discussions and trying to to make decisions. which is is fine, but it was kind of a messy. Nobody had time to actually implement that, and there wasn't any money um, to really pay anybody else to go off and implement those decisions. Um, so within this restructure, it was sort of like, okay, great, we have advisors all over the place who are going to meet, you know, monthly or bi-monthly uh, for the big picture stuff, but on the day-to-day, let's get this done. Um, and that was a that was a good thing, I think, for for tag, um, to be able to kind of get on its feet and, and get some pieces set up.
2: Um, so just as uh uh thinking about association of teaching artists and very even though I've been on the board for a long time, I still don't understand anything at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But you have referred to the board for TAG as an advisory board. What I know of, of many boards, if you are a 503, um, it's a governance board, which um, has its own inherent challenges. So can you talk about, you know, what it is? TAG a 503 or is it a different um, business structure or business model? And um you know, t- just talk out like if you do have a one, two, and three, like this is what tag does. this is this is what we're accomplish or uh, trying to accomplish.
3: Okay, so first question is right. what kind of structure tag has uh, is uh, is a good question. We're fiscally sponsored. so that means that um We don't. While we have a board, it is a board that serves probably 110 other organizations simultaneously. Um, So they are really not in our day-to-day operation uh, whatsoever. Um, But we've been accepted on as a project of uh, an organization called Community Initiatives. Um, And uh, we've been with them for Many a year, um, and it's a it's a comfortable setup, you know. Um, uh, I don't think until our till our budget gets a little bigger, um, we are we're you know we're not we're not itching to to move from that. Um, they really effectively handle a lot of the back end and leave me to philosophizing and uh, pulling together web resources and all the other little things that we do. Um, but uh, that said, we have a pretty large uh, national advisory board uh, or group uh, that meets every two months uh, on a on a uh, video call. Um, we get updates regionally uh, from where everybody happens to be located and working um, and kind of keep abreast of what's going on um, and get their opinions and uh, feedback about the directions we ought to be heading uh, or on particular issues, you know, what's our position, these kinds of things, um, which is just immensely valuable because I have no um, uh, ability to speak for you know this many people or to understand what's going on everywhere by myself uh, at all. So we have an incredible, incredible crew that that we rely on um, for a lot of that.
2: Um, so uh, I understand the the fiscal sponsorship, the, the theater organization that I was talking about. A space Between um, we're fiscally sponsored and. Um, I know some of the people who are on your advisory board um, but I hadn't uh, thought about it in the way that you just described that they are they are, you know, regionally placed so that as an as an organization that is trying to reach or better understand the landscape of the entire nation around teaching artists. Uh, as a, prof- a teaching artist, as a profession, um, to have people in various parts of the country who themselves, I'm assuming, work with uh, artists are sort of plugged into what's happening on that regional level to be able to report and share. And I'm, I'm asking, but I'm saying, <laughs> um, or you can verify that they're so that the connective tissue is happening. So if you understand what's happening on a regional level um in one area either you're you're finding ways to connect one region to another because they're sort of either having similar conversations or not or and need to right or um finding ways to be able to offer other resources and tools that can actually supplement what's happening on a more regional level is that fair to say
3: that is so fair to say, and I think you said that better than, or, or, or more succinctly than I would have as I wandered about trying to explain what it is we do. Um, I, I have to work on the 10 seconds, uh, the 10 second pitch. There's an in-between, I think it's that. I was like, I can give you the 10 second pitch. There's like the elevator pitch. Thanks, Eric Booth. And um, then there's the the very long story. What's that nice kind of pert middle ground? I think you totally nailed it. <laughs> Um, but that's exactly what we're what we're trying to do um, is to both kind of connect some of these conversations as best we can. And again, this is this is through digital resources primarily. Um, and to come up alongside and try to supplement with resources um, where we can for other organizations or just for individuals who who um, may live in an area where they got nothing. Um, So where do they go to find resources for professional development? Where do they go to um, understand um, the ins and outs of being a gig worker or an independent contractor or balancing the many things? The questions that they need to be asking um, uh, employers um, as they go out into the world.
2: Excellent. So that is taking us to you. It, as you were talking, I was thinking about in, uh, being in your session. We broke into small groups, and there was a gentleman in my group. There, were, there was one person who was from India, one person who was from uh, Korea, another person who was from um, your rural, I, let me say that again, rural <laughs> Vermont. And then somebody who two people, uh, myself and another uh, young lady who was from New York City, and they all said very similar things about what was some were some challenges. Uh, in terms of, of being a teaching artist or an artist who teaches, and um, the person from Vermont said, you know, we are rural and it's very isolating, and there isn't a cohesive place for us to have community, to feel like we're connected, to feel like we're not alone. Um, and and ironically, the person from New York City felt exactly the same way. Having to work for multiple organizations felt like there was a but always feeling alone in the field, like when they're actually teaching. Um, and, and then the person from Korea said, you know, in order to combat that, the Arts Council is actually trying to come up with a place where we can be serving artists through professional development, um, healthcare, care, etc. I mean, it was one of those places. And then with the woman from India, she said... Um, there's a there's a disconnect between um, edu- uh, entertainment and like the professional field and teaching and th- right now there's a huge gap so that's something that we're trying to help people understand is actually they can be quite connected which is similar to y- your colleagues in college right um, so I had a I had a point that I was trying to make and now I've lost it of course but. Oh, I wanted to, oh, I know it is. Oh yeah, no, there are a lot of similarities um, and that idea of supplementing resources, right? So I would love to know what are some of the resources that you that TAG actually provides or can offer uh, artists? I um,
3: spoke to one of the folks in, in your group after the session, actually, I think... Um, um, I have been a um, man from Singapore who was who was mentioning about this. and I was so excited that the Arts Council there was trying to figure this out. I want to say he was from no, Singapore because yeah, um, if it was the same gentleman. Um, anyway, he uh, I was really excited to hear that because I think the onus is really on the hiring organizations and the funders um, or the cultural or arts councils where they exist to uh, try to band together to create these um, uh, safeties, these these care systems for their individual workers because they rely on these people, on these individual teaching artists to be out there. This is the labor force and yet because it's shared, uh, And because, I think, uh, I was going to say particularly in the U.S., but I think this is really, to the more I'm learning about um, where uh, other people are working around the world, um, that's sort of an invitation for organizations um, to sort of say, oh, well, you know, hands off. Uh, We don't need to come up alongside with some some other system of care or support uh, for these individual workers. They're on their own. They're shared. Uh, But that means we hire them and then see you later. Uh, And that's just... Holding everybody back, I think. Um, so I was really excited to hear that they were they were coming in with that. Um, so that was my side note. But then I forgot your question. Oh, what do we? What are we offering? Resources, um, the, the good stuff. Um.
2: Get to the good stuff. Ah! The
3: good stuff. Waiter. Um. So most of TAG's resources are online. They are digital. Um, We have, for example, um, a database of uh, training and professional development opportunities all over the United States. I want to say there's something like, um, I don't know, 75 opportunities that we know of thus far um, around the United States, and you can get in there and you can search uh, for, you know, a four-year institution or a one-off two-week summer course or a whatever it is um, where you live. Um, that's not very many. We'd like to know about more, but we actually uh, uh, did extensive research on this a couple of years ago with a partner. Uh, that's what we could find. So they're listed. But A, there needs to be more, and B, we may have missed a few, and Yeah. If you know of any, dear reader, I mean, listener, <laughs> what's, what's our format? Where are we? <laughs> Who am I talking to? Um, if you know of any, please go to our website, uh, teachingartistguild.org, and let us know. Um, there's lots of links there for um, contacting us or just straight up emailing me. I think you like click on my bio, and there I am. Shoot me an email and say, hey, we got a program. I don't see my, ourselves on that list get on there because we want to know so um, we've got that we've got a database of social justice resources uh, for teaching artists going out into the field um, uh, from itty bitty beginner all the way up through Um, and mostly these are connections to other organizations who are doing this work this isn't our material we're serving as um, a um, a guiding mechanism as a flashing red light hey go over here check this out this is a fabulous resource Um, So we've got things of those nature. And then we have actual services for the independent contractor or the gig worker or, you know, the the person juggling multiple um, lives and jobs. Uh, For example, really, really discounted dental care and optometry and access to very affordable attorneys. And um, I think there's even, like, you can find links to... um, Uh, recommended babysitters and I mean there's a whole slew of stuff that if I had my website open I could list you like 40 different things but usually I lead with the dental and the eye uh, because yeah it's it's uh, it's important stuff um, that you can um, purchase for yourself um, at I think we come in at $12 a month for this stuff Um, it's really 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 underutilized too. I think people get in there and they're like, oh, great, Fury, free, free membership, awesome. And they can access all of these other resources we have, which is awesome, use them. But um, when we did this survey uh, a couple years back now, which I mentioned earlier, around what to, teaching artists need in the field uh, in order to make their lives better, right up there with better pay was just better benefits and services. Um, you know, the ability to be treated like an actual employee. We don't have that. So how do we create that for ourselves? And this is, so we came up with this uh, plan. We do it through a company called Carrington International. You get your little Carrington card in the mail, and you can waltz right into all these different places, literally anywhere in the United States, and uh, get just really incredible discounts. So we're we're really proud of that, and we're also sort of baffled. I think it's bad marketing on our part, probably, but, you know, we... we um, uh, People aren't using using it as they should. I think it's it's a we we should create a commercial. It's good stuff. All right, we're gonna do that. It's the, your mouth is the
2: gateway to the rest of your body, and if your <laughs> mouth is not <laughs> healthy, the rest of your body is in jeopardy. Frankly, and so I think this is a great service. It's it's the, because it's actually the truth. It's medically true. Um, so I think that's great. Um, we're gonna take a little pause because you want some water, right? And then um, we'll talk a little bit more about the services that and resources that you could provide. Okay. Hi, Ven. Hey, Courtney. You're a teaching artist. I sure am. You're a beautiful artist. Oh, thank you so much. You know what I sometimes think about? What is healthcare?
0: Sure, me too.
2: Yeah. Do you have healthcare?
0: I do. I pay so much money a month for it. You do. Yeah.
2: Do you pay sixteen dollars and fifty cents?
0: No, I pay considerably more than that.
2: Oh. Well, did you know about Teaching Artist Guild Carrington card?
0: No. What's that?
2: Oh, so if you become a member of Teaching Artist Guild, then you get access to all these free resources, but you also, for $16.50, can get the tag Carrington card, and it's available to anyone who signs up for it.
0: That's amazing. Well, what what kinds of things would I get with this Carrington card? Well,
2: do you got teeth? I sure do. Do you get them checked? Uh, Well... You know what? If you had the, t- the tag Carrington card, then you can get um, discounts, discounts on oh, dental perfect. procedures, 20 to 50 percent off. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Denti- dental stuff is hella expensive. Yeah. I'll tell you that right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I hey, know. Hey, you got eyes? I sure do. You need them to see, right? I, yeah. So you need to get eye exams. Okay. Eyeglasses. Yeah. Contacts. Yeah. Other stuff. 20 to 40% off with the Carrington card. Incredible. I know. Hey, you got money? Uh, well, I'm working on it. Trying to save it? Yeah. Have to pay taxes? Oh, my God. Well, you, with the Carrington card, you get a free year-round consultation with a tax expert. $50 flat rate per tax return. Amazing. I know. Also, free financial counseling about your credit, about other things, etc. I don't know savings your future
0: i think i need to sign up for this
2: carrington card right now do it you know where you go no whip out your laptop okay opening it up open it excellent go to teachingartistguild.org okay backslash backslash yep putting it in my browser carrington yes uh, how backslash. do we how do we spell carrington uh, here k uh, okay <laughs> c well, I, a no, types k way. Should no, I delete no, that? Delete the K. Okay. Now delete what do I K. now do I type? C A R E I N G T O N. Carrington. C A R I N G T O N. Okay. Backslash. Ooh. Look well, at all that. Amazing. And you should go there for more details. Really read it read it thoroughly because there's a lot more details on the website. But like I said, anyone, you, somebody else, me can sign up <laughs> for it and they don't even verify if you're a teaching artist, they they just trust you. I love that. Right. So everybody should get the tag Carrington card, where health, dental, financials, I don't know, all the things, you deserve a discount and a deal.
3: This sign that we're sitting under is, I, I want to take a picture and have you link to it on your, on your, uh, website. It's huge and red, and uh. It's totally sending me into flashback mode. I worked, um, when I first moved to San Francisco, I worked on a production of La Boheme for Baz Luhrmann. I was an assistant director for for Baz Luhrmann um, before it came to Broadway. And this reminds me of that set, so hardcore right now. I'm totally tripping out on this. I wonder if this was inspiration or it's just such a classic rooftop sign, you know?
2: I wish it was nighttime so that you could see it lit up because of you know when it's daytime you can see just the workings of the lights. It's cool. It's super cool.
3: So um we were talking about tag some more because um we offer resources. Um and the the three main ones that I've been most recently excited about are um we have a quarterly digital magazine for the field. Um, And that's that interconnection between all these regional parties. And we write up what's everybody doing all over the place, and we get articles um, from all over the United States, occasionally Canada or other places, um, about what they're doing, how they're working, what's important, what the needs are. Um, And it really runs the gamut from um, interviews to um, more uh, professional journal-style articles. Um, But it's it's a free resource and it's, it's how I feel connected to everybody else. Um, we also came up with a pay rate calculator, which is so, oh, I can't swear on the podcast. can I, I already did. It's kick ass, it's freaking kick ass. And it's terrifying, it's really terrifying to go on to. We established a partnership with the Economic Policy Institute and they gave us all their data for living wages across the United States. What's a living wage in your region? And we did our own formula on top of that for teaching artists based on uh, your time and expertise in the field, um, the size of organization that you're working with, um, and uh, you can also plug in if you have dependents, for example, um, what you need to be making to earn a living wage plus you know, if you've been in the in the field for ten years, I, I I hope that you are making a little bit more than a living wage. I hope most of us aren't, um, and it's amazing because uh, it's a great tool, but it is also really terrifying. The numbers that it spits out are sort of like oh oh oh, oh. and I have. Dear friends who had arts and culture organizations who are like, why did you build this? This thing is the bane of my existence. And it cracks me up. I said, no, 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 it's not supposed to be. You take this to your funders and you point at this and you say, I cannot afford to pay my teaching artists anything close to this slightly above living wage rate in XYZ town. We got to do something about this.
2: What do we do about it? I'm I'm about this. I'm really about this. I mean, I think in general, nonprofit, thinking about the fact that most teaching artists are working for organizations that are nonprofit, do need funding in in the various structures. Uh, the idea of a livable wage needs to be ta- uh, provided finding ways to have a livable wage has to be tackled in many ways one is about this idea of being able to advocate for yourself with evidence so if you're if you're typing into this calculator you can say this is how much i should be making based on all the different uh, you know the factors that there are that go into this algorithm if you're not making now if you're making half of that or a third of that or you know whatever the number is how do you go to either the organization or is there an a regional entity that can have this kind con- that you can ha- honestly have this conversation with about moving the needle for everybody and then um the idea that you know funders say okay here's how much money we have to offer here's the RFP they are not always the people who understand what a teaching artist is supposed to be making. They are asking for budgets, but they're not necessarily um, counting them against anything. I, I'm, I'm not a funder, but I'm, a, I'm making that uh, assumption ha- as having uh, been in conversations about exactly this thing on a regional level where there were people from my organization in our development uh, department saying, I did not know this. Other people should be who are in development and frankly funders should be in these rooms. If they're not in the rooms, how are we actually going to move the needle? So I love that there's this resource that somebody and somebody's like, "Why are you doing this to us? No, it's more like, actually, we're doing it for you. Whether you're an artist or not, you're you're employing artists, then everybody should be getting paid well. Like um Lauren Jost has said, um, I have a master's degree. What is it that's saying, if, because I'm part-time, And I'm an artist that I shouldn't be paid just as much, if not at the same levels, as people on your staff who are full-time. What is the deal? Okay, so that's my soapbox. I get off.
3: (laughs) You're asking exactly the right questions. And that's what we're trying to figure out now. So last year, we got to um, take this issue to the Grantmakers in the Arts Conference and present on this topic uh, and really ask funders to put themselves in the shoes of these individual teaching artists. Um, and we've gotta be doing that over and over and over again. Simultaneously, we've gotta be looking at uh, wage and labor issues um, across the board, uh, not just for artists and teaching artists, but we've gotta be advocating um, for you know minimum wage increases, um, uh, changes in independent contractor laws um, there are a number of of places where um, labor regulations are um, uh, troubling and askew that that we need to really be pushing on um, but it's co- I think it's a combination of these conversations between individual artists and organizations and organizations to funders uh, as well as sort of this broader this broader pictures and this is where we can team up with um, uh, labor unions, it's where we can team up with um, uh, people working in education. Um, you know the fight for uh, uh, pay for teachers is a really big issue right now um, across the United States uh, and it's linked to those battles um, but it's a it's a it's a big it's it's a bear yeah, it really really is. And what
2: was the other?
3: We have one more resource that's being unveiled now, and it is um I hope going to be more than any of these other things actually. I think this is the game changer um we've been talking about this for years, uh, and it came out of conversation with many of uh the people that you know and love and interview um and uh Kenny Allen at uh, Teaching Artists Guild and myself took this on um, and have been working on it for a couple of years solid. Uh, But it's a map of the field. It's a digital, it's interactive map uh, where we can track organizations, programs, and individual artists who are working in the field um, and locate them, network them, We have criteria based on uh, art form, uh, audiences or individuals that you serve. Um, We go into a lot of depth uh, for programs um, to come up alongside some of the state education data that's being collected um, by departments of education uh, as well. But for us, we have to know our field. We don't know the left hand doesn't know what the right is doing. It doesn't even know um, that that other hands exist, um, that there are other leaves on this tree. So how can we move forward together on these major issues uh, without knowing who we are?
2: So I, I'm, um, you know, as, as we both have, uh, both of our, um, your organization and this podcast have announced that there is a partnership. And I feel like this is, there's a lot of, as you're talking about the resources, this is a, a very clear place where I think that we could be partnering in terms of how do we get the word out? How do we make sure um, people are aware that these exist? And in terms of collecting data, getting data um, by crowdsourcing. So that's that's very exciting to me. Um, and, and I know that there's more innovation coming down the pike that I'd love to, you know, find ways for us to continue to dialogue on, through the podcast itself. But then, in in terms of just being able to share um, what's happening in the field and when a quarterly goes out, et cetera. Um, the last question I'd like to ask you. Um, often I ask this, a question about um, what this like sort of big lofty question about like what would the world be without art? And I'm not going to ask you that because. I've decided that I think that question is no longer something I want to to know. I want to switch it, especially after the event, uh, the keynote that we had yesterday with Aaron Huey. I know what it is and we need more of it, right? But we didn't really talk a lot about the International Teaching Artists Conference itself. This is your first time. I'm going to (laughs) pause for the fire. There's a fire somewhere. Um, Yeah, this is a city that loves sirens, <laughs> no, uh, this is your first time coming to the teaching an international teaching artists conference. Itac as it was, or Itac as the <laughs> the, the U- UKers call it. Um, one, I'm gonna two parter. One, what uh, what are you hoping to gain? Because it is a uh, over the course of a couple of days. What are you hoping to gain? Uh, by attending this conference, and two, h- how do you plan or are you planning on sharing, you know, the experiences, the information with your constituents, um, and if so, how? So that's technically a two point five. So what what are you hoping to gain? You can answer this all together, even. What are you hoping to gain? Um, and what are you planning on sharing?
3: That's definitely a two-parter that is tied, tied up together, two halves of the shoe. Um, I am really excited to go back to my desk and write up so much of what I'm learning in the different sessions and um, the connections that I'm seeing uh, and the conversations that I'm having on the side. to be a reflection of the conference um, to go out in our in our quarterly um, for our winter issue, um, and to also um, uh, pull in some articles and reflections from other people who've attended the conference um, and other presenters uh, from around the world to to write up as well um, what they've experienced to be able to share back out. Um, I'm really excited about that, I think. Um, that will be a, a beautiful piece of work to to um, make the learning visible, and that's really what I hope to gain. I mean, in so much as that I'm having some profoundly um, uh, some profound personal and professional um, aha's uh, and 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 kind of recognitions and connections. Um, I hope that I can reflect back out this. Um, international network and all of their views and learnings um, back out to to our readers.
2: I, like you have readers, we have listeners together. They can do everything. We can hit them on all sides. Um, Jean, this has been really delightful. Thank you so much for taking the time with me. Um, I have no doubt that we will have conversa- further conversations um, on the podcast and beyond. Um, and as I said in the beginning, I'm very excited about this partnership. I'm, I've always had a, a great admiration since I've known that it existed um, for the Teaching Arts Guild. And um, I'm duly impressed with, also with the, um, even though you said something about like the asset map, for example. We were talking about this for years, but you started talking about it. And then you, you actually made something through, that is quite hard um, through technology to be able to create that can actually have an impact. Um, like you said, a game changer. And I'm excited to be a part of it in some any small way possible. Um, and I'm excited for more people to be able to engage uh, with your organization, um, to feel like as much as often we can feel isolated, siloed, alone, um, I'm hoping that through this podcast, through teaching our skill, and other um, regional and national organizations, that people are trying to feel like they're part of a community. Um, so again, I want to thank you for your hard work. I want to thank you for your time. It's really also helpful for me to know that even though I know people, I still have so much more to learn. So I'm really appreciative of you sharing a little bit about your background as well, and just you know, opening up to me.
3: Thank you so much. The pleasure is completely mine and we can sit on a rooftop anywhere, anytime and have more conversation. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to episode 14, act two of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Boddy, Jean Johnstone, the artistry of social equity. Join us next time for a conversation with Cecily O'Neill to check out the Teaching Artists Guild resources discussed in this series, including Teaching Artists Guild Quarterly, Teaching Artist pay rate calendar and the Teaching Artist Asset Map, go to TeachingArtistsguild.org. And for more information about the Carrington card, visit teachingartistsguildorg Carrington. Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the creative content manager. John O. Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org. Follow us on Twitter at TA underscore artistry. And now on Instagram at teachingartistrywithCJB. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life.